Good evening. Good evening and welcome to uh, this evening's broadcast here with Dr. Ventura and we're studying the book of Daniel. Uh, This is a good sound doctrine broadcast and I'm glad that you could join me this evening and uh, praise God. We've got a little bit of material to cover tonight. We covered chapter one of the book of Daniel last week and so this uh, last Tuesday and tonight we're going to look at chapter two. Now, what I'd like you to see is uh, some important things out of chapter two. Uh, however, we should pray first. Father God, we, we just come before you. We're separated by distance, but not by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I ask that you would set me aside today and that nothing come from my flesh, Lord, that is not of you. That this thy people have come to hear from you, not from me, Lord. And that you would touch their hearts and edify them this evening. And when we finish tonight's broadcast, Lord, that we could say we met with the Lord. And God, that we learned some things and that we've grown in Christ. And Lord, we just praise you and ask you to chase every foul and unclean spirit away, Lord, that would hinder or interfere with this broadcast. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we got down to chapter two. And when you get down to chapter two in the book of Daniel, you know, uh, Daniel is, uh, chapter two is one of the greatest chapters in the Bible with respect to the history of the world and fulfilled prophecy. And how a person interprets Daniel chapter 2 will determine if he is premillennial, postmillennial, or amillennial. So let me explain that. A premillennialist believes Christ returns before the millennium. A postmillennialist believes after the millennium. They believe that everything's going to get better and better until Christ comes back and you're, you're on an upward, you know, on an upward scale. The Southern Baptists were post-millennials, but in the last 100 years, they've changed to premillennialism. You have pre- uh, Reconstructionists. They're post-millennials. Roman Catholics, uh, you know, they're also post-millennials. They believe that they're going to bring in the kingdom of Christ. And, of course, your atheist believes in nothing but evolution. I heard somebody called the atheist prayer line and couldn't get an answer. A, you know, amillennial, amillennial or amillennial means no millennial. And so some Calvinists don't believe in the millennium. But we are teaching this from a premillennial perspective. Now, we're going to find that Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and Daniel's going to interpret it. And Daniel lays out for us the great Gentile world powers beginning in 600 B.C. to the reign of Christ in the millennium. And so you're encompassing approximately 2,600 years of Gentile world history. You know, the Bible's the only book in the world that tells you what's going to happen in the world 2,600 years before it happens. Amen. And so, you know, there exists no other book in the world that can do this and always and always get it right. Amen. So let's take a look at uh, Daniel chapter 2. Let's get right into the meat of the matter. Scripture says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 1, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Now, you know, it says in the second year, but it's really four years since the beginning uh, events that took place in chapter one. And so how do you figure that? Well, you know, they were there for three years, Daniel and them, before they were brought before the king. And scripture says here, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, and the reason why it's the second year of his reign is because he co-reigned with his father, who was named Nebuchadnezzar. 
and uh, his father dies. And so when his father dies, Nebuchadnezzar ascends to the throne, and he becomes the sole ruler of the kingdom of Babylon. Now, verse number two says, Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for sure the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. Now, now listen, uh, you, you need to know some things here. Uh, these are wise men. He's calling his wise men, his religious leaders, his advisors. Now, the magicians, that's someone who practices magic. If you, you know, and that's defined for you in the book of Exodus, chapter 7, you know, in verse 11, when Pharaoh says, then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, see? And, and they that uh, also did in like manner with their enchantments. And so these, these magicians, okay, there were also astrologers, you know, individuals who pretend, uh, and it's really a pretense, they pretend to tell the future by studying the stars and the planets. And you, you find that in horoscopes. And then you have, you know, uh, there has to be an element of truth in it, of course, because, you know, many people believe it. Now, that's what people believe. However, you know, God does not want you to seek to know the future apart from him. He doesn't. And it's, and it's necromancing. It, it gets involved with spirits, you know, Edward Casey and uh, Nostradamus, you know, those things. And, and music, it involves music. You know, when Saul was, was afflicted by an evil spirit, King Saul, his people, you know, would play music. He had David play the harp. And, and there, something about music has to do with spirits, and it could drive them out or bring them in. And, and, and if you are involved, you know, in rock music, you know, it can attract spirits, the drug culture. You know, when you put yourself in an, un, you're inviting spirits to indwell you. That's why they call liquor stores spirit shops. You see, there's a spirit involved in that thing. Music, drugs, astrology, Ouija boards, you know, children being told, uh, you know, about white witchcraft or going on a trip, you know, Harry Potter stuff. And it's all intended to get people involved with the occult, with spirits, knowingly and unknowingly. Now, sorcerers are anyone who communicates with a spirit. And you'll find that in Isaiah uh, chapter 8, verse 19. You find that defined. Scripture says, and when they shall say to you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep, and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? You see? Now, the word Chaldeans here refers to a race of people. But it also is a special class of wise men from within their race. And the Chaldeans were wise men. They were philosophers. They were astronomers. And, uh, uh, and so let's look at verse 3. King said unto them, I have dreamed a dream. And my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Verse 4 says, Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we shall shew the interpretation. So scripture says, Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac. Well, Syriac is Aramaic. And when we started the introduction to this course, I told you that uh, the study that Daniel chapter 2, verse 4 to Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, it's written in Aramaic or Syriac. There's 134 verses. And Syriac is really the dialect of Syria. 
and it's also called Aramaic. And it became the common language of the Jewish people, you see, at one time. And so verse number five says, the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, the thing is gone from me. And if you will not make known, the inter- make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Things gone from me. And maybe it was, maybe it was not. Maybe he was just trying them because I believe he didn't trust them. And, and it's apparent, you know, you need, you need to read on that. Nebuchadnezzar really doesn't trust him. And, and he says, I'll cut you to pieces. I'm going to kill you if you don't tell me this dream. And your houses shall be made a dunghill. And you have to understand, these men that were close to the king, you know, that predicted the future, these magicians, you know, they were prestigious men. And they lived in elegant homes. And he, would, and he, and he said he's going to kill them. And he's going to destroy their home. And he's going to shame them. You know, they lived in the uh, richest part of the city. And I'll shame you after your death. I'll make your home a dunghill. You know, an unsaved man, he's really concerned about his legacy after his death. But theirs is going to be a dunghill. Verse number six says, But if you shew the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, shew me the dream and the interpretation thereof. And, you know, he's appealing to what the flesh desires, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I'm going to give you all these rewards if you tell me the dream. And so verse 7 says, they answered again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. You see, they, you know, they answered again. They said, tell us the dream. Tell us the dream. And he isn't going to tell them. And I, I don't believe he trusted them. In verse number 8, the king answered and said, I know of a certainty you would gain the time because you see the thing is gone from me, you see. And when he says that you would gain the time, he says, you guys are stalling. See? You're stalling because you see the thing is gone from me. And, and you know, he's making it appear as though he had forgotten this dream. And perhaps he did, but I, I don't think so. I, I think he just was trying these men because in verse 9, he says, but if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is one decree, but one decree for you. For ye have prepared a lying and corrupt words to speak before me, till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. See? And that's why I say I don't believe he trusted these guys. You want me to tell you the dream so you can lie to me, you see? Prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me. In verse 8, he says, you would gain the time. Listen, you're stalling. You're waiting for me to cool off on it. You know, therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know. Ye can show me the interpretation. Tell me the dream, and then I'll, I'll know you have power. I'll know the interpretation is correct. When we get into verse number 10, and the Chaldeans answered before the king and said, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asketh such things that any magician or astrologer or Chaldean, see? But, you know, you're going to find out in verse 28, God gives it to Daniel. Because Daniel, he had no power of himself or ability, but he, he gets it from God, you see? The king is, is asking this question. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, and a rare thing that the king requireth. 
And there is none other that can shew it before the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Now, you know, when we say gods, there are many gods, but they are not the real god. People have all kinds of gods. Money is their god. Uh, sex is their god. Drugs is their god. You know, First Corinthians chapter 2, when you read in First Corinthians chapter 2, the apostle Paul says in verse number 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In, in chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, Paul said, It is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. You see, if a man if a man's unsaved, this Bible's just a novel to him. If he doesn't, it's a spiritual book. It's written by God. It's a it's written. Holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit when they wrote it. And if, if they don't have a, a the Spirit of God, they can't understand this book. They can't understand the simplest truths. And they'll want to argue with a man of God who's given them the scriptures and the scriptures references, just like they argued with Jesus. And believe me, I'm no Jesus. But I'm just saying, you know, in verse 11, they said, you know, it's a, it's a rare thing that the king require it. And there's none other that can shew it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Wrong again. You see, they said no man. But there's Daniel. You see, they said the gods and they're wrong again. So these men, you know, they're really not too wise. But they're polythesis. And a polythesis is one with many gods. Buddhists and Hindus are, are usually polythesis. Uh, they're not atheists, but they believe in many gods, you see. Uh, there, are, there are many gods in that sense, as I told you before. Uh, when you're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 5 and 6, the Apostle Paul says, For though there be they that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us, there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all, and we by him. So, yeah, there's a lot of gods out there, but they're not true gods. They're not real gods. They're small g gods. Amen? And so uh, that's, that's something that, that he's, you know, you have to understand that when he said the gods. Uh, in verse 11, you know, uh, Verse 11 is telling you that there's, you know, it's a rare thing what he's asking for. Let's look at verses 12 and 13. For this cause the king was angry and very furious. I mean, Israel got under his skin and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. He said, okay, that's it. Kill every wise man in the kingdom. And the decree went forth. He gives out the order that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. All right? They, they want Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and, and evidently they weren't present when he called the wise men, and, and they wanted them. They needed to be found, and they're going out after them to look for them. Verse 14 says, Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Ariot, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. So Daniel, you know, he's, he's wise, he's got wisdom, and he knows how to deal with people. And you need to know how to deal with people if you're going to survive in this world. 
You know, the Bible says live with men as peaceably as possible. And the truth is, my brethren, it's not always easy and it's not always possible to live peacefully with men. But Daniel's got some wisdom and he knows what to say. Verse 15, he answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the king know to Daniel. So Arioch is on his way to kill Daniel. And Daniel's asked him, you know, he's talking. He's saying, why is it so, so hasty? You know, he hasn't talked to us, really. So why does it have to be carried out with such speed? And then Arioch, you know, he explains, well, you know, the king called those magic guys, and none of these guys can answer him. He said, kill them all. They're lying. They're liars. Verse 16 says, then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would shew the king the interpretation. So, you know, Daniel's pretty brave. Because you've gone in before a king uh, without being called, you, you can get in trouble in those days. In the book of Esther, when Queen Esther, when Mordecai told her, you know, go on and talk to the king for us, she says that all the king's servants and the people in the king's provinces do know that whoever, whether man or woman, shall come onto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live but i have not been called to come into the king these 30 days so it's very dangerous for a a servant or a person to go before the king uncalled and so i i think arioch went and talked to the king and said look you know there's this guy daniel he says he can interpret this thing and you put out this decree and it was too hasty you want to kill everybody and you hadn't talked to him or the other wise men so let's move along to verses 17 and 18. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So Daniel goes back and he says, look, you know, this is what's going on, and you need to pray. We, we need to have some prayer here and uh, uh, that God give us wisdom to interpret this thing because uh, we, we need to know. And so, uh, which is a wise thing to do. That's what men ought to do. Uh, you know, James, the book of James says that a man ought, to, you know, you ought to pray. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, you know, call on me and I'll show you things that you don't know. There's God's phone number, Jeremiah 33, 3. Now, verse number 19 says, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel. See, they went in, they prayed, and God reveals it. The secret was revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Now, I want you to know, it's in a night vision, okay? It was not in a dream, but a night vision. Daniel, And, and then Daniel blesses the God of heaven. You know, uh, Philippians tells you to be rejoice in all things. Thank God in everything. Uh, chapter uh, 2, verse 20 of Daniel. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Amen. Hey, listen, wisdom and might is God's. You know, God is a uh, all-knowing, and, and thank God. In Jeremiah chapter 32, I have a verse for you there. Uh, Jeremiah 32, 19 says, Great in counsel and mighty in work, for thine eyes are open unto all the ways of the sons of men, and give every one according to his ways, 
and according to the fruit of his doings. Amen. God will bless the person who's doing right. Now, verse 21 says, and he changed the times and the sea. And excuse me, and he changed the times and the seasons. He removeth kings. He setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You see, he changes the times and the season. God controls everything. He removeth kings and he setteth up kings. He, he giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. People say, why are we in the condition we are in? Listen, God says he gives the nations their kings and their leaders. And when Israel got outside of the word of God and they became disrespectful to God and they went into idolatry and all kinds of sin, they got carried away to Babylon. Well, well, why? Because God gives the nation the leader they deserve. And if you want to know why we have the leader we deserve, Joe Biden, it's because of where our nation is. God is not going to bless a nation that's living in immorality and open sin, open Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen? You know, you you got people today uh, that are protesting, you know, for for Hamas. And you got people that are saying Israel's in apartheid. Now, look, all those people need to go somewhere that they, they warned them, they were kind enough to tell them we're coming in, we're going to come after Hamas, we don't want innocent people to get killed. But I haven't heard an Arab nation yet that's supposedly protesting and standing up for these people say we'll take them. Okay? You know, this isn't about uh, we're angry at the Jews. This is about destroy, get rid of the nation of Israel and kill every Jew. And it's been tried before in the Bible. The devil's tried it. You know, uh, look at Herod, killed every baby two years and under looking for Jesus, you know. And, and, uh, you know, Haman got hung on his own gallow over it. It's been tried before, but Israel is God's children, and he's not going, the land of Israel is going to be there. You could believe that, okay? So let's look at uh, verse 22. Verse 22 says, He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth was in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. He, he's talking about God. He's talking about no, God knows the secret. You know, God's revealed to us what he wants us to know. He hasn't revealed to us everything in the Bible, but only what he wants us to know. You know, when you talked about the two dreams of Pharaoh, you know, Chapter 40, uh, verse 8 of Genesis, and it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and he called for the magicians in Egypt and the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told him his dream. You know, there was nobody who could interpret it. That's how Joseph ended up in there uh, interpreting it. You see? Uh, God reveals secret things. And he reveals them to his children. To his children. And the light dwelleth with him. Well, God is light, and in him is no darkness. Daniel chapter 2, look at verses 23 and 24. I thank thee and praise thee. Daniel's still thanking God. O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desire of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Well, who's us? You know, those Jewish boys. They were praying. Everybody's praying together. There's power in prayer. Power in prayer. Amen? 
and that's how God works. He he answers prayer. We go to the throne of mercy to get grace and the throne of grace. So because Daniel knows the dream, you know who's going to get blessed? The wise men. They're not going to get killed. So a, man, a non-saved, backslidden man could get blessed by his association with believers. Look at Lot and Abraham, Potiphar, you know, the captain of uh, Pharaoh's guard, Nahum, Laban with Jacob. You know, these are people who got blessed. And sometimes you'll have unsaved people you work with and people you know, and they'll get blessed because you're blessed. And the overflowing grace of God falls upon them. And and it's a sad day when that friendship breaks up. You know, verse 26 and 27. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? You see? And, and in, in verse 27, Daniel answers in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, shew unto the king. See, Daniel begins to make a distinction between himself and those other Chaldeans. Daniel's an interpreter of dreams, but he's also a prophet. And, and so uh, how do I know he's a prophet? And you say, well, you know, how do you know you're saying Daniel's a prophet? Yeah, okay. You know, here's the problem. You don't know the book. And if you know the book and study the book and read the book and you know the scriptures, you know the power of God, but you know in, in Matthew twenty four fifteen that God said, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. See, Daniel was a prophet. Why? Because he foretold the future. You know every Christian's a prophet. Not that you're foretelling things outside the Bible, but every time you tell somebody Jesus Christ is coming, and every time you teach sound doctrine on the rapture and the things in the book of Revelation, you're prophesizing. You're telling future prophecy in that manner. Never mind these people that are calling themselves apostles and prophets. You know, I've heard apostles so-and-so. You know, when they come to our church, I have a good idea for them. Tell me you're an apostle. Well, show me the signs of an apostle. An apostle has signs. They can pick up snakes and not die if they get bit. They, they can drink anything that's poison. So you know what I tell them? Hey, I tell my wife, grab a, grab a glass of Clorox for us. We got, a, we got a guy that says he's a prophet. And they say, oh, you're not supposed to tempt God. Well, it says in the book of Revelation, they tried them. It says try the spirits. You just don't believe everybody comes into your congregation. Says they're a prophet. I mean, a, an apostle. Amen. Enough of that. Verse 28, 128. I mean, 228. I'm sorry. Got it. I'm falling backwards. Got me so excited. You say, people say, oh, man, you get so excited. You know, you take this far. Hey, listen, if you're not excited over Jesus, there ought to be something. Something's wrong with your heart. People get excited, either for a good reason or a bad reason. Verse 28 says, but there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets and make it known to King Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. You got this? Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. The latter days. I want you to pay attention to the latter days. Because when you find that phrase inscription, it's going to always have to do with a tribulation context. 
The latter days must be interpreted in that context as the last days. You know, the last days can have an application to uh, to the age of grace. You know, when you're reading Second Timothy three one, talks about the last days in the age of grace or tribulation, and you have to interpret it to that context. The latter days is always tribulation. And the first time you find that is in Numbers 24, where Balaam hires Balak to curse Israel, you see? And there's a prophecy about the latter days, you see? And so uh, if you'll go there with me uh, to Numbers 24, you see this whole Bible is one book. And, and, And as you read it, you'll understand. The more you read it, the more you'll see how verses connect scripture with scripture you see uh, numbers 24 verse 11 now you know Balak's mad and and therefore now flee thou to thy place I thought to promote thee unto great honor you see what had happened was they wanted Balaam to curse Israel and he couldn't curse Israel you can't curse what God's blessed but he compromises anyway, and what he does is, Balaam, he tells them how to cause them to sin, so God will curse them. But let's pick it up in verse 11. Therefore now flee thou to thy place. I thought to promote thee unto great honor, but lo, the Lord has kept thee back from honor. See, he's trying to tempt him. And Balaam said unto Balak, spake I not also to thy messengers which sent me, saying, Balak, if Balak would give his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do good or bad of mine or my own. Amen? But what the Lord saith, that will I speak. And now, behold, I go on to my people. Come, therefore, and I will advertise thee with this people what this people shall do in the, you know, in the latter days. So talking about the latter days. And then he goes on to to uh, uh, talk about God Almighty and the vision. And, and look, if you read, uh, go you read with me, all right? And now behold, right? He's going to tell them what's going to happen in the latter days. Amen? And verse 15, and he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, has said, and the man whose eyes are open has said, he has said, which heard of the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance and having his eyes open, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. Now look, you got to understand something. That star is the first advent, Jesus Christ. All right, a star comes out of Judah, out of Jacob. And that and the scepter is the second advent, the ruling. You see? And you'll find that word, you can write these verses down because you know, we only have an hour and, and uh we're a half hour in and we're only, you know, down to uh uh twenty eight, you know, down to these uh verses, chapter two, verse twenty eight. But I want you to uh write these verses down if you're studying this, okay? Deuteronomy thirty one twenty nine. Jeremiah twenty three twenty. Jeremiah chapter thirty twenty three and twenty four. Jeremiah forty eight and forty seven. Ezekiel thirty eight eight. 
you'll see it in the latter context because in Ezekiel 38:16, you see that Russian invasion of Palestine in the tribulation. See, there's really three more world wars to come. You're going to have that army from the north that's going to come down, which ushers in the tribulation in Ezekiel 38. And then you're going to have the battle of Armageddon, right? And you've got Gog and Magog, and these happen in the latter days. Let me, let me give you two spots to look. Go with me to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, and hold that there. And then look at Hosea chapter 3. Daniel 10 and Hosea chapter 3. You know, Hosea is the next book, folks. All right. Daniel chapter 10. Look at verse 14. Get there with you. Just misplaced my place. All right, ten fourteen says, and he said, and he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. You know, and then you look at Hosea three verse number five. It says, afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days, all right? So so the latter days, you know, has, you know those, those, people may not fear God now, but every knee will bow before Jesus Christ, all right? So Daniel says, God is letting Nebuchadnezzar know what's going to happen from 606 B.C., when he is right then and there, until the tribulation. So this vision encompasses 26 years of human history. Let's go to verse 29. 29. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. Well, this dream is going to reveal the times of the Gentiles. That's going to pass. And, and, and it has to do with Israel being under Gentile dom, domination, which began, as we learned in the first chapter in the introduction, in 606 B.C., and it's going to carry us to the second advent. Verse number 30. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Daniel's saying, look it, you know, Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar are specially used by God. And you'll find that out in Jeremiah 27, 48, but we're not going to go there. Nebuchadnezzar, he's the king of Babylon. God called him his servant in Jeremiah. You see, God's going to use Nebuchadnezzar to mete out judgment upon Israel. And God's going to give Nebuchadnezzar many lands as a reward for his doing this until God returns in the tribulation. And Daniel, he's beloved of God. We're going to find that out. It says in Daniel 10, 11, oh, Daniel, a man greatly beloved. Now let's look at verse 31. All right. Thou, O king, saw us, and behold, a great image. This great image, 
whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. So here's the dream. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he sees this great image. But this image is going to give the history and the course of the Gentiles, whose brightness was excellent. It was, it, it's filled with viewers, with, with awe. You know, when viewers looked at it, it filled the viewers with awe. And, and the form thereof was terrible. It was it inspired terror in an individual when he saw it. You see? Now let's look at verses thirty two to thirty five. The image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part iron and part clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, and became like the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Okay? Now, when something becomes this chaff, it becomes as, as uh, you know, when you're winnowing wheat and, and corn and you, you take the uh, peels off and you throw it away. Well, when they're winnowing wheat and stuff, the wind would take that, that garbage and blow it away, you see. And then he talks about a great mountain. And a great mountain is a representation of a great kingdom, you see. How do we know that? Well, we know that from Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Okay, let's get there. That in the last days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Okay, so that mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. And that happens in the millennium reign. And in and, uh, the, the uh, minor prophet, Micah, Micah okay, it, the minor prophet speaks of that in, in, in Micah 4, 1. Let me get there real fast for you. Micah chapter 4, verse number 1 says, but in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow onto it. Okay? So Nebuchadnezzar saw that great mountain. Okay, so now that now that you got that, let let's let's uh, uh look at uh um, verse thirty five one more time. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken the pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Verse 36, this is the dream and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Now the image is going to be interpreted and it's going to be interpreted as kingdoms. And if you were to follow them on a map, these kingdoms go from the east to the west. 
And that's the movement of history from east to west, okay? The first kingdom, Babylon, is the farthest east, and the last is the Roman Confederation. When we get to them, ten nations, that's the farthest west. And it's a degeneration. It's a digression as the image and kingdoms are described. You see, the Bible's against Darwinism and evolution. We're devolving. It's evolution. Not, it's devolution. It's not evolving. This thing evolved, devolves. It started with kingdoms that were represented by gold, and it ends up with kingdoms represented by clay. So as history goes on, it's going down, not up. We're not kingdom builders, okay, in that sense. Verse 37, thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Hey, he's a king of kings. He's not the king of kings. That's Jesus Christ, Revelation 19, 16. But you know what? Nebuchadnezzar of Antichrist. And both Nebuchadnezzar and the Antichrist are counterfeits. Nebuchadnezzar is an absolute monarch. And when Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to be the absolute monarch. You see? And he talks about these kingdoms, the metals, they're associated with the kingdoms. And the kingdoms in the Bible are associated with a king usually. And, uh, you know, Daniel seven seventeen. we're going to get it. We're going to talk about where beasts are represented by kings and kingdoms. Because a beast represents a king and a kingdom in, in, in Daniel 7. But in Revelation, you find a beast and, and, and a king, and his kingdom is represented in the, you know, the Antichrist. So let's get into this, this uh, statute, if you will, this, this image that Nebuchadnezzar saw. Okay, verse 38. And where and wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven has he given into thy hand, Nebuchadnezzar's hand, and has made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. Okay? So the head of gold is the Babylonian kingdom. It's Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. He's in a he's a absolute dictator. And the Babylonian kingdom lasted approximately 70 years from 606 to 536 it becomes a world power in 606 and 536 and then you have these following kings as as you go through history of the kings of babylon nebuchadnezzar who was nebuchadnezzar's father ruled from 625 to 604 nebuchadnezzar ruled from 606 to 561 about 45 years evil Merodach, he ruled rule 561 to 560 that was nebuchadnezzar's son then you had neraglisar 559 to 5 bc then labash mardak 556 and then nabonidus 556 to 536 and he was the son and he's co-reign you know and he's co-reigning you know and then you have belshazzar remember daniel becomes a ruler and and Babylon's under siege by the Medes, and his father is off somewhere. And so the third ruler, because Belshazzar is really the second ruler, and then you got his king, the father, and then number two. So verse 39. So that's this golden statue he looks at. It's got a golden head, and he says that golden head represents the kingdom of Babylon. All right? Now, verse 39. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, 
and another third kingdom, a brass, which shall be a rule over all the earth, telling them, and after these shall arise another kingdom inferior. It's digressing. These kingdoms are going down, you see? And and uh, it, verse 32, he told you that the next part, you had the, the head, gold, and the arms and the breast are silver. This kingdom's a military dictatorship. It's not an absolute monarch, so it's a step down from the goal. Now, meet the media Persian Empire, the kings of this kingdoms are generals of a army, and there's not a succession necessarily of sons. And that kingdom lasted about 536 to 330 B.C., about 206 years. And you had King Cyrus. These are names that you need to know. King Cyrus... He's, he conquers Babylon. He lived between 538 and 529. He's the same Cyrus that allows the Jews to go back to Palestine in the book of Ezra, in, in Ezra 1, in Daniel 531. Now, Darius, or Darius, is believed to be a general in Cyrus's army, and he reigns about two years, and he turns the kingdom of Babylon over to Cyrus once he gets it. Then the next is Cambyses. And he's the 529 to 522. You find him in Ezra chapter 4, verse 7. And Darius number 1, 522 to 485, he's also known as Histatus in secular history. Okay? But in that, you find him in Ezra 5, 6, and he authorizes the completion of the temple. And the temple began, you know, and then it stopped, and then Darius, you know, ordered it completed in Ezra 5, 6. And uh, chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. There's a lot of information. I, I understand that. And so, but these are important things to understand. Because, it, you know, you're going to read in Ezra, chapter 4, 6, about the Ahasuerus and Cambries and, and, and their successors. You see, we're talking about these Babylonian, these men that conquered Babylon. And so then they, you had exorcisms. And he, he's... Uh, you know, in Esther, chapter 1, 1, Artaxerxes, 465 to 425 B.C. with Longamanus and is, is his other name. And then you had uh, Exerces II. And then Darius, you know, which was Nuntheus, he was called, his other name. Artaxerxes, he, he lived, he was number two, 405 to 358. Uh, Artaxerxes III, 358 to 338. Okay, and then you had Arsus, which was 338, 335, and then Darius III and his uh, BC, and he's the one that defeated, he was defeated by, or Codamonus' name was, but he was defeated by Alexander the Great at the Battle of Arabella, and the Persian Empire ends, and the Grecian Empire begins, you see? So now you have that, that uh, uh, kingdom, of silver and and so you have gold silver and and he said daniel said in another third kingdom of brass which shall be a rule over the earth you know verse 32 told you his belly and his thighs are brass and that was the grecian empire under alexander the great and you find that in daniel 8 21 let's go there Daniel 8.21, Daniel 8.21 says, 
And the rough goat is the king of Grecia. And the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. And that being broken, whereas four stood upon it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but in his power. And that's Alexander the Great. He's the he goat that comes from the east, and he's got that horn. A horn signifies power. And then he dies, and his four generals take over his land. It's all predicted already in the book of Daniel. That's why when Alexander the Great came down to Israel and he stopped and he met the high priest in his full garb, the high priest showed him himself in the book of Daniel, and, and, and Alexander the Great bowed down to him. Let's, then, then you have, uh, now, you have Alexander the Great, 330 B.C. to 100 B.C., and that's a military monarchy. And the date depends when you begin that Roman Empire. You see, some say the Roman Empire began about 150 B.C., but let's look at verse 40. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. All right? Now, remember, the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. So you got the head, which is gold. Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, you've got the silver, right, which is uh, Alexander, right, the brass, and then we, we get down to, uh, um, hold on one second, you know, there's a better way to depict this for you. Let me, give me one second here, all right, you you have... You have the top, which is brass, okay, which Nebuchadnezzar's. Then you have the silver, which is the media Persian Empire. Then you have the brass, which is the Greek Empire. Okay, we got that? He sees that statue, the head's gold. That's the Babylonian Empire. He sees the silver, the Persian Empire. Remember, we just talked about Darius conquering. And then we have the Grecian Empire with Alexander the Great. That's the brass. So you've got a head of gold a chest of silver, a, a midsection of brass, and then you have these two legs, these two legs of iron, this iron that goes down. And we're almost out of time here, but we're going to have to stop there. But I can tell you those legs represent a kingdom that was split east and west, and you're going to find as we study this, that's the Roman Empire, Constantinople and Rome, okay? And all these kingdoms mean something, and we're going to get to that. When we get to them 10 toes. So let's uh, wrap it up. I got to get off in, in four minutes. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. We covered a lot of material. Please help these people to, to be edified by it, to think about it, to review it, to read it again. And, Lord, bring it to their memory. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, folks. Okay. All right. All right. He's off and running. Gone. So, all right. Understanding our republic, restoring our republic. Uh, anybody want to talk about the Israel conflict or what's going on? You know, obviously there's many world events happening right now. All you got to do is dial in 657-383-0616. Press the number one on your phone, and I'll put you on here. Talk, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of news to talk about. Uh, I mean, he was talking about the end times here and prophecy and everything unraveling. Uh do you think that this is the end? I mean, do you think we're close to, to the rapture? Uh, you know, I mean, nobody really knows the exact date. 
when the rapture is going to occur, but we can sure know the season. So, uh, you know, like I said, anybody wants to comment, you're more than welcome to. Uh, I got the second batch of uh, newer people coming in now. Uh, and, you know, he had quite a, quite a board was pretty full there for uh, Peter. So, but he was like, he's off and running. I don't know, maybe a house fire. I don't know. He took off pretty quick. He, that phone had smoke on it. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, the news, of, the news, I mean, obviously the news today is uh, obviously concerning. I mean, uh, I mean, you can see what's happening in the world. I mean, just, just think about it. If you were, if you know, I don't know how old people are out there that are listening, but those of you that are maybe 40, 50, 60 years old, imagine, think back to 20 years ago, how much things have changed. I mean, 30 years ago, how they changed, how much, I mean, it's just a totally different country that we live in now. So different. And, you know, it just seems like that. We just keep going along to get along. Like like sheep, like we're going all like herd, getting herded to final slaughter. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know what it's going to take to restore this republic. People say you can't restore it. I don't know. You know, I, I believe that we can have an awakening. So uh, we'll be right back here in about one minute. We'll play a little bit of Ronald Reagan here for you. Be back in about two minutes. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday, when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side, he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better rev than death, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shockers around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material compensations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. He said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.
right, everybody. All right, uh, here we go. What's going to see here? Uh, traffic stop in uh, Georgia there. The leftist mainstream media is being accused of misrepre- misrepresenting details of a traffic stop, which went uh, um, earlier this week falsely blaming racism after a Georgia sheriff deputy fatally shot a black man on the side of the road. Dash cam footage released by the Camden County Sheriff's Department on Wednesday recorded 53-year-old Leonard Cure's fateful Monday traffic stop, showing him uh, being confronted, confrontational with a deputy as he told, as he's told he's being placed under arrest for speeding over 100 miles an hour, uh, then violently, violently resisting arrest. Uh, let's play that video here real quick. I here real quick, and we can listen to that that audio. Put your hands back here. I ain't doing shit. Put your hands back here. Who are you? Staff Sergeant Officer Sheriff's Office. My name is Alweed. I don't care. Step to the rear of this vehicle. In the name of who? In the name of the United States of Georgia. Step back here. Now you're getting tased. Put your hands on the back of that truck. Do you see that? Put your hands on the back of that truck. Back of the truck. Both hands. Turn around. 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 Turn why am I getting tased? Because you are under arrest for speeding and reckless driving. I'm not driving. Nobody was hurt. How was I speeding? You passed me doing 100 miles an hour. Okay, so that's a speeding ticket, right? Sir, tickets in the state of Georgia are criminal offenses. I don't have a ticket in Georgia. You do now? Why? You passed me doing 100 miles an hour. And what? Am I going hands behind your back? Yes, you are going to jail. Hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. Bitch, you're bitch. Oh. Stay down. Why? Save the shots fired. Shots fired, Stay down. Stay down. Stay down. Stay down. Well, there you have it right there. Uh, you know, doing 100 miles an hour. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you know, in a way, you know, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I guess there's a part two to this uh, this video. I don't know how. He already shot him. I mean, what's this guy, Superman or something? You Uh, no, that's just mainly snacking in a cruiser car. Okay. Well, um, you know, uh, after the fact, uh, talking about the shooting, but we, we, we know, hey, but this is, this, you know, and look, the bottom line is this, you know, I can see where, okay, you pulled the guy over, okay, he's, he's wrong. I mean, he did. He was confrontational. But, you know, 
I see state troopers all the time passing me doing 100 on the highway. You know, I see them doing 80, 90. I mean, they come flying up that highway. You know what I mean? I mean, and the guy said perfectly. He says, what? I'm not hurt. Did anybody get hurt? No. So why not just leave the guy alone? Leave, leave him be. You know, instead of being a bat faggot, thinking you're going to cure a ticket for you, you're going to get a good ticket for the day, you know, and help, and your boss is going to be, good old boy, you did good. You know, you brought in some revenue for the sheriff's department today, you know, instead of doing, you know, doing that. Why don't you just let the guy drive and just follow him? I mean, you're obviously doing nothing, so just follow him. If he smashes, he's obviously, if he's drunk or he's driving erratically, he's going to smash into something, you know, or maybe he'll get home safely. Maybe that's what would have happened. Instead, now he's dead. Because you're policing the world. Because everyone wants to be controlling over the world. Everyone wants to control everybody. They think they know what's best, what their other fellow man needs to do. They think they know what you and I should live, how we should live, right? Because that's what it's all about. You've got a freaking World War III getting ready to go out kick off right now because people are fighting over a piece of land, the desert, for God's sake, the desert. A piece of tiny little desert. They're fighting they're gonna World War III over it. Unbelievable. Anybody got any comments on that? Probably not. Probably scared, most of you are scared of your own shadow anyway. You'll kill each other over a traffic a parking uh, parking place in a parking lot, but a police officer pulls you over, you, you, you get scared, you piss on yourself. You, get, you, you know, you're afraid. I mean, come on. We, I mean, it's all about control. Corruption and control. Hello, American statesmen there. Hello, fellow patriots. I like how she said that there, American statesmen there in the chat room. Uh, oh, yeah, Lucid Libertarians in the chat room. Happy Friday. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, not too many callers on the board here tonight. I don't know if anybody wants to participate but uh, or comment on um, Dr. Ventura's Book of Daniel. Last week we had a lot of comments there. But, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people are worried that we live in the end times today. I mean, just look how the world is acting. I mean, I just played a routine traffic stop uh, where the uh, the deputy, I mean, the guy ended up dead. I mean, you know, I mean, he was confrontational with the guy, but again, I, I have mixed feelings about that. They are not fighting over land. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kill the Jews and the Christians. That's what they want to do. That is what they're fighting for more. Yeah, I believe that is the, the, what they're, they're the, what they, they do hate us. I mean, the, I mean, you know, but there's a lot of them over here. Why aren't they killing anybody over here? You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, are they, I mean, are they? I mean, what's, what's the new, I mean, I see them marching all over the place. I mean, you know, the, you don't know if you can believe the news anymore. Type that in the chat room right there. But uh, the news of the day here, get back to my uh, board here. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's last night, if you missed last night's podcast, we had a good podcast show there talking about a lot of problems that, uh, I mean, I don't know, my time could be short here. I mean, uh, with what's going on with uh, a lot of things going on with me. I mean, we live in a corrupt system. Um, big tech turns uh, its back on legacy news media. House investigators reveal 200,000 direct pay- 200,000 direct payment to Joe Biden. That's interesting. That was four hours ago. That one right there. Huh. Video: New Trump ad shows inside of Hillary Clinton's interminate camps intended for uh, deprogram uh, mega voters. Got camps? Hillary Clinton's got her own camps. How about that, huh? 
new ads from Donald Trump. They're brainwashed. Uh, anybody see the new ad by Donald Trump yet? With Trump taking a commanding lead and Bidenomics hurting American families, genius Hillary Clinton has come up with a way for Biden to win. There needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members. Formal deprogramming of the cult members. Deprogramming of the cult members. A brilliant plan. And here's what that would look like. Pay attention. Joe Biden will defeat him. He's done an amazing job, amazing, amazing job. But there's one small problem. The basket of deplorables, 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 deplorables. Working Americans are idiots, and they know who's on their side. To American workers watching their take-home pay shrink and watching inflation destroy their family and their lives, to all of you, I have your back. Well, I mean, he's not too worried about going to jail. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'd be kind of worried. What's he facing? Three thousand years in jail now. What's he got? How many indictments? Two hundred ninety. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'd be a little bit worried about going to jail. You know, I mean, I, there's no way he could beat all those charges. No way. I mean, but he's he's uh he's putting out commercials that he's, he's going to win. I mean, he I, I, there's just no way they're going to prosecute him and lock him up before he can uh, before before the election. You, I mean, there's just it just has to be that way. There's no way otherwise this was all put up deal to distract us to lead us into a World War Three. It would have to be. It would have to be. Yeah, I mean, people aren't stupid. They're starting to figure this out. I mean, they're starting to figure out what the real agenda is here in the Middle East. I mean, come on, guys. Six five there we are. We got my first caller here for the night. Go ahead, dear. Four oh seven, you're on. <laughs> oh yes, who? <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. I'm doing fine. Uh, it's a crazy world, and the the war, what's going on? It's it's is nothing to do with the darn real estate. The, this uh, you go through the history when it comes to the um, the Muslims, the Islamists, the the Koran. Why did Jefferson say we every American needed to know and understand the Koran? Because it's, it's not about land; it's about ideology. If you don't believe the same as them, you should die. And then we got to really think about the fact that who really? I mean, all this insanity, the, the takedown of America started years ago before Obama's time. But Obama was the one that we rolled out the red carpet because of the color of his skin. And uh, well, we you know, not me, I didn't vote for him. But the American people actually voted for a foreigner, for a Kenyan to be the president because they were too stupid. And uh, white fear, read the book, white fear, um, and allowed him to do this. And he started setting up his refugee groups all over the place for them to take over the local governments here in, in the states. They've done their darndest to take away the guns, but they haven't been able to do that yet. And I truly believe the only reason the United States of America is still standing at all is because we do have an armed society. And, of course, now they're letting all the military come in over the border. They're planting their cells all over this country. Anybody that doesn't think there's going to be a war on this homeland, some kind of civil war, revolution, whatever, 
uh, I think is fooling themselves. It's only a matter of time, and um, you know. So, and when it yeah. comes to Trump yeah. saying that stuff, uh, he, he may think he's. Who knows? The miracles happen. Will God still bless America? I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping. So, who knows what's going to really happen when it comes to to Trump? But regardless, even if they did. Right now, it's more important to him to get the message out there of what they are really doing to us as a society. So I don't think he cares. It's like, well, you know, if they're going to kill me, I might as well put the message out there before they do it. And, of course, I've, I'm one of those who say even even if he manages to get out of all this crazy lawsuit stuff, which is all bogus, uh, it, I think most of it would eventually end up at the Supreme Court and be bogus. But that could be 20 years from now. Who knows? But um, ha- when it all ha- when this happens – or, or when it comes to the election, either the election will be totally corrupted again, because uh, do we really have some Republicans in Washington, D.C. that have a clue what they're doing? No. <laughs> Who's out there fighting any of this stuff? It's insane. And then the other is, um, uh, will somebody try to take him down before he would ever be sworn, even if he got elected? Would he? Would they do something before he was sworn in? So Trump is out there realizing that his life is at risk, no matter what he does now at this point. So he's going to try to put the message out as much as possible and wake up as many people as possible. And I mean, that's kind of the way I see it. I don't know. It's a yeah, insane world. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. I got 209 with their hands up, so let's bring them into the conversation here, see what they got to offer here. Go ahead, 209. Hey, what's going on? Joe Shabaka Sankori here, the executive producer of the podcast, Shabaka's Black Experience and Ants. Uh, first place, man, this politics that you got going on these days is going straight down the damn toilet. I mean, the panties, man, with his garbage, man, the dump, as in human excrement. Yeah, you don't you know, like Trump. You there. don't like Trump. What, can, can you give me, like, a specific reason, though, why you don't like Trump? I mean, what, the, the, how he hurt America or even the black community. How, can you give me any specific reasons why or facts? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One is his arrogance, plus the dude had no political experience. Now, to be a chief executive, okay, you would have to have some type of experience, okay? Now, I don't dig Biden, but he, at least he's got some type of executive experience. And Cop Mala Harris, uh, I have no comment on her, you know what I mean? It's because the garbage that she did in California did not protect the black community. And, I mean, any time that you have... Uh, police officer in Los Angeles handcuff a man who is mentally challenged and shoot him in the back with a nine millimeter and she doesn't prosecute him. And then not to mention the fact what happened with Mr. Mario Woods, uh, who was shot, I believe, 34 times by the San Francisco Police Department. The dude is only weighing 147 pounds, five feet three, ringing wet. Okay, so the San Francisco Police Department go into a half circle with their nine millimeters drawn, you know what I'm saying, and they believe, I believe they put 25 bullets in him uh, because he had a knife. I mean, I could see them going up there whipping his ass. I could see them going up there. Well, hang on a second, Chewbacca, but you didn't tell, but hang on, Chewbacca, you didn't give me any facts of what Trump, Trump did. You said he his arrogance, that didn't hurt America. Oh, oh, oh I mean, what Trump? did he do? Okay. What did okay. he do to hurt? Okay. Okay, well, first place he made history by being impeached twice, and I believe that there is on precedented. Okay, and then, of course, derogatory comments that he made about black people, plus when he threw Amarosa or had her thrown out of the White House. Okay, I'm what, sure what that was What comments did he make? What, 
Uh, Chewbacca, back, I'm a little ignorant of this. What comments did he make about black people? No, well, during his campaign, you know, he was stating that uh, they're good for sex and all this old type of business, okay? Plus, the dude was paying $100,000 to Stormy Daniels. I mean, come on, man. The dude would have been doing better if he paid $20 to Lassie the dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, then, okay, his wife is, was quote-unquote Ivanka, an immigrant, and there's some tainted past about her and uh, <laughs> adult films, as they call them, and stuff like that. Well, that kind of made me get with, racism, doesn't it? That kind of negates okay, racism. You okay, know. well, hold on, Joe. Hold on. Okay, then not to mention the fact that when he ran for office and made the statement that you got a lot of stupid people in politics, his election proved, oh. uh, so come on, that. Chewbacca, you said that. Uh, you said that. Okay. You say that. He was right about, but he is perhaps one of the most stupidest, dumbest individuals uh, that I've seen, <laughs> not to mention the fact that the idiot, uh, you know, had got up there and said in the Chicago, uh, not Chicago, the Central Park Five, that he had wanted these young men executed. Uh, similar to the Scott Sparrow's boys case and to find out that they were innocent. Uh, then, of course, you know, that hat he wears that says mega, make America great again. He need to put the caution up there. My ass got arrested. Okay, which I think will be quite fitting. Uh, and then uh, and then his boy, Mike Pence, the vice president, the January 6th insurrectionists and stuff like that. And you could best oh, believe had black people wouldn't storm the U.S. Capitol the way that these guys did. You know what I'm saying? The U.S. military man would have gunned them down. <laughs> would have gunned them down. You know they what I'm did. saying? This, week, this past week they this stormed day. the nation's capital. The all minority, <laughs> all there was a bunch. It was. I don't think there was any white people there. They stormed the capital. None of nothing happened. Nobody got arrested. Okay, well, this not. I got to see, Joe. I'm not denying what you're saying. It just hasn't come across my desk yet. It's here, and then I'll check it out and what have you. And then also, <laughs> too, uh, tell Sarge, let Sarge know. I know he'll be timing in, is that we are charging Sarge with desertion from show, uh, Grand Rising this morning. You know what I mean? Because uh, he said he was always going <laughs> to. Call in and what have you. So let Sarge know that we charged him with, with a desertion and uh, what have you. And then also, too, um, got to read up on some more of this individual by the name of Larry Elders. And, uh, and you know, now, Chewbacca, oh, Chewbacca, for my listeners, though, for my listeners, though, we have to let my listeners know that you are for reparations. You are out there fighting, believing oh, that reparations uh, should be paid. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, because we built your country off the sweat of our labor. Then, not to mention, not so much for slavery, but the Jim Crow era. Then, of course, you know, how the Democrats, you know, had brought you the Ku Klux Klan and what have you. And then when another organization in the 1960s uh, who exercised their Second Amendment rights, they were labeled as terrorists, which was a violation of the U.S. Constitution, which is just a bunch of words that were used to benefit rape and slave trading pedophiles.
Wow, that was a pretty powerful speech there, right? That's the most anti-American, uh, <laughs> anti-everything uh, I've ever heard. <laughs> I got to hand it to you. I, okay, well, Joe, everything I stated was facts, but however, I did appreciate the other night when you were on my platform when I was driving on in the gruesome, newsome state of California, and you had stated that it is against the law, okay, for a law enforcement agency to run your license plate without probable cause. Okay. So uh, yes, I, our, agree. Um, I agree. Okay. Now, let me explain something to you, Joe. Out of the years that I've grown up in Los Angeles, the police department has always ran my license plate, got behind me, pulled me over for no probable cause, you know what I mean, and uh, and I got stopped one night in my youth, and then they had uh, pulled me over, so I got to a well-lit intersection, and I pulled over before they turned the lights on because I, I knew they were profiling me. So then, you know, one of the cops stepped up on the sidewalk as he illegally searches my vehicle. I'm speaking to the other police officer, and he says, well, what do you do? What's your occupation? I says, well, I'm a student over here at one of the local colleges in Los Angeles. Well, what's your major? Oh, glad you brought it up. The coursework I'm studying is concept of criminal law, civil rights and the law, and business law. He says, stop, wait a minute, goes over uh, to the other corrupt individual, you know, the other race soldier, whisper, 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 this, that, that, the other. Oh, we deeply apologize and all that. And I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm just glad that I had that knowledge. I am glad that I did pull up into a well-lit intersection, you know, because the Los Angeles Police Department, Joe, as you know, has no problem beating a living dog shit out of a black man or woman. And same thing with the California Highway Patrol. Look at the joker that beat a woman, you know, pinned her down and hit her with closed fists on the Santa Monica Freeway. You know, and it got videotaped, you know, and I would like to... Yeah, what about, what about white it. people, though, that are beat, beaten up, though? Do you know that the police engagements, with the engagements and the police shootings, more whites are shot and killed than <laughs> blacks Joe, across the country? Joe, 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 I'm not concerned about that. It's because, see, I'm not one of those house Negroes that sit up there and say, boss, we sick, <laughs> okay? It's because the police are policy enforcers, okay, and the only duly elected law official in my opinion would be the sheriff now sheriff clark up there in wisconsin uh, uh you know he might as well go out there and do a minstrel act and what have you you know what i mean and i hate to say that about my own but i understand the problem i understand the indoctrination you know what i'm saying you know the yasa boss and ass scratching syndrome uncle tim scott warlock you know what i'm saying larry elders and what have you and speaking of elders you know i saw him on a podcast where he got shut down very intellectually so i'm finishing up here reading this garbage that he wrote a few years ago and i have to bear myself prepare myself for his ignorance and self-hatred and what have you you're very angry 
you it appears that you're very angry and there's like you're not at peace. So, I mean, I can understand your anger, but but yeah, and what is it that you could be searching for? I just don't understand. What what will, what will make peace in your heart that will you know where you can embrace your country and and be proud of where you live? <laughs> you funny Joe. Uh, cut the damn check, as you heard us say, man. Tangibles, okay. You see what I mean? Because we built your country. You know what I'm saying? We contributed greatly to your gross national product, not to mention the fact of the brutalization and what have you. Now, I could care less about the Irish or the Greek freaks or whatever. It's because I got to deal with my people first, plus the shattering of the black family unit, you know, the rape and slave trade and pedophiles, you know, who would purchase young girls on Black Friday where that originally occurred came from, not Walmart, you know, the young is 11, 12, 13 years old. And then, of course, you know, their parents uh, never see them again. But uh, white America doesn't want to address this issue. And not that I really give a good damn if they do, if they don't. Well, well where did slavery originate? Where did, who, who originated slavery, the idea of slavery? I mean, obviously, this is a human race problem, not just a black problem. I mean, slavery okay. still exists today around the world. Okay, Joe. Joe, okay, now, like I said, with Sarge, you know, you got to spar with Sarge. Actually, I'm just looking at the treatment of my people by you Europeans, you know, who came over there that brought disease, uh, gave the indigenous people here blankets with smallpox. You know, that's genocide, you see, just like this uh, COVID vaccine. And I'm not one of those type of Negroes, Joe, that, Stand there and scratch his ass and say, Yasa boss, master Charlie, you the boss, boss, and all that. And there was a speech given by the one and only Malcolm X who mentioned about boss we sick when he talks about the field Negro and the house Negro, you see. So not only did my people have chains on them, but it was the chain on the brain. Now, as far as the homosexuals out of Greece and the Scandinavians and Vikings, all that, that's none of my concern. Well, well, okay. Well, well then how can, how can, well, obviously you believe in a separate, you know, separatism and we should be separating, but you know, uh, Malcolm X though, you say great Malcolm X, his, his mentality by studying the history of the world and, and African history in particular and, and, mm-hmm. and learning uh, this history, Malcolm was able to see himself, that uh, other black people as having dignity and being worthy of respect, something that the racist society of both the country and the city, that he, that ne- city never allowed him to see. That he was real. He realized that what he was, what he was brought up to believe, and how his hatred and, and, and his separatist ideas were actually played a crucial role. In, and at the end, he changed his views actually, and uh, how he thought. What you need to, okay, what you need to do, Joe, is familiar yourself with Dr. Marimba Ani who did a writing, and, and she was a student of Dr. John Henry Clark, called the Ma'afa, okay? And I've approached you with this here many a times. I don't know if you read it or not, okay? But she was a student of Dr. John Henry Clark, and the Ma'afa is a word uh, out of uh, West Africa describing a disaster so bad it is beyond Description. This is why the hurricanes, okay, originate off the west coast of Africa, Joe, and they followed the exact same path of the slave ships. And then Governor DePantis, the transvestite, you know, that hates black people and 
black history, you know, he is a major disappointment. And I hope that the people of the great state of Florida recall his ass, get rid of him, because when we did Grand Rising with Shabaka this morning, we did speak with a gentleman uh, from Florida, and the panties is uh, horrible, you know, just like the dump, as in human shit. And I want to make that I know, but, but Chewbacca, you're never, but you're not giving me no facts on how he hurt the country, though. You just, you just oh, don't sir, like him. Sir, I mean, sir, just because you don't sir, like somebody. Sir, I already gave you the facts, Joe. I already gave you the facts. You know what I'm saying, man? You know, you and I are familiar with each other on our viewpoints of uh, how we stand. I already gave you the flag, or the, the facts. Now, the Hollywood media wants to downplay it. As long as you see Negroes up there like Amos and Andy and talking about killing one one another and referring to black women as the B word and stuff like that, you know, then it's okay. Showing black women being bad. Okay, let's get back to the slavery. Okay, let's get back to the slavery issue. Let's get back to the origination. So you so you believe are you familiar with uh you know, in sixteen nineteen the Portuguese the Portuguese slave ship called the uh I can't pronounce it, the Batista Batista I think traveled across the Atlantic Ocean with a hall filled mm-hmm. with human cargo. All right, it was mm-hmm. captive Anglos from Anglo Gangolia in southwestern mm-hmm. Africa. Right, the men and women mm-hmm. and children, mostly likely from the kingdoms of Nagongo and Congo, endured the horrific journey bound for enslavement uh, uh, no, in Mexico. No, the you're talking first, about actually. Joe is called Mutamba Joe over there in Angola. That's Her Majesty Queen and Singer that fought the Dutch and the imperialists that came into her nation and the Portuguese for 50 years from the time but Africans, was, uh, But Africans were slave trading. They were involved in the slave trade. They were training themselves. Joe. That is bullshit. As I told you before, <laughs> is that when the nations had the wars, one was incorporated into the other. What had happened was... Then where did they come European from? How did they take the place from Africa, me, Shabaka? How did they finish. take them? Let me finish, please, and then I'm very interested in what you have to say. So the European came with lies and deceit, okay? King Phillips in the second exhibition down there to Matamba and had his detail inform Her Majesty that she was a colony of the Portuguese. And she says, oh, really, well, check this out. And for 50 years, she racked havoc and held on them Portuguese and booted their asses out of there. Now, this so-called slavery in Africa, when one nation warred against the other, they're incorporated into the conquering nation. This is how King Shaka built the Zulu Empire, you see. So this is where the confusion comes in at. And at the same token, as it was proven up there in the uh, Sahara, as my people developed the concept of trigonometry, mathematics, geography, public administration, feminine hygiene, and what have you, the European was living in the cave, crawling on all fours, eating raw meat, and did not know how to wash his ass. We had to show the European how to wash his ass. I, 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 okay, that's that's obviously false. You're telling me that they didn't know how to clean no, themselves. No, okay. obviously <laughs> facts that you disagree with it, Joe. And you know you're a grown man, and you feel whatever you feel. But Give like me some I historical footnotes where I can look that up. Give me something that, that where I can look this up. I just told you, Joe. Check out Professor George G. M. James' Stolen Legacy, where you had some homosexuals by the name of Socrates. 
Plato and Aristotle talking about that they went down there and uh, made all these discoveries and invented this when actuality was nothing more than plagiarism. Dr. Marimba Adney okay. would be okay. an excellent right. source of this here okay. student of okay. Dr. John Henry Clark, okay. what was the George G. What was, James. Well, okay, okay. All right. What was the excuse then for people like John Castor or William Ellison, for instance, that uh, wealthy black plantation owner? Yeah, who owned actually 171 slaves in uh, South Carolina. They were buying Uh, their relatives, Joe. They were buying their relatives, man. Come on. You know, (laughs) next item. They were buying their relatives out of slavery. Okay. Okay. What about 1830, then? You know that there were 3,775 free black people who owned 12,740 slaves. You're telling me they were all buying their relatives? Bullshit. They were buying their relatives. Get your life straight, man. Please. It doesn't matter what I say. You're going to tell me it's, you're going to say it's wrong. I mean, well, when I can quote I know you, I mean, it is, Joe, because I do my research on my people's history, just like every other group of people do their research on their history. You see what I mean? And keep in mind is that the black woman, who is the original woman, okay, would walk off into the uh, wilderness with the panther, with the leopard, okay, with the lioness, and she would not be attacked, you know. But something about your Europeans when you came there kind of set them off a little bit. And then speaking to another gentleman from Ethiopia that informed me, and keep in mind this gentleman is about 75 years old, and he had stated that when the Portuguese first landed in Ethiopia, okay, that they stunk so bad, you know, due to lack of hygiene, you know, not washing their asses, what have you. And they had asked them why were they there, number one, Two is is that they they made them take a bath. You know what I'm saying? They gave them the concept of. Bathing. I don't think there were bathtubs in Africa at that time. Uh, uh, I don't think Joe, there were bathtubs in Africa. Joe, okay, you had structures that had bathing facilities. Kemet came along with the first uh, sanitation system, okay? And we're not talking about these Roman dudes that came down here like these uh, Greeks, you know, who were a bunch of practicing homosexuals, you know what I'm saying? And they come down here renaming everything. But where my people made the mistake is when your people landed on our continent, man, have seen you as another human being, and Europeans looked at us as sub human beings. Yes, and why did they take them for slaves? How did they convince the people there, to the kings, the African kings, to just convince these people to voluntarily come on the ships and just sail and then, and then enslave them? Well, they didn't obviously voluntarily outnumbered. come on the ships, uh, Joe. Professor P.L.O. Lumumba has pointed out is that they came with lies, deceit, then they came with what? Well, we were so stupid, and though. Then, but they were so okay, dumb. Okay, please let me but finish. They... Let me finish, Joe. Please let me finish. Okay, so they came with lies and deceit, the same way that they stole the, the land here in the United States from the indigenous people, like for Thanksgiving, okay? They came with hatred. They came with lies. It's because they did not understand uh, another culture actually a culture that was superior to theirs. I mean, man, come on, man. Uh, look at okay. um, 
Okay. Look at the film. Goodbye, Uncle Tom, Joe. Okay. Okay. Now, if okay. any of your staff or yourself have any questions, I'll be more than happy to welcome them. But let Sarge know There's that he is fact. AWOL from Grand Rapids of Black Experience. There's one fact that you can't deny. There's one fact that whites Which in America is? ended slavery. They ended slavery. Excuse me? Whites what? in America ended slavery. No, you talking about the Emancipation Proclamation. What they did, Joe, well, is that Congress, they... Congress, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there were no blacks in Congress. Okay, Joe, okay, what it was is, is that you had an agricultural economy versus an industrial economy. That was the basis of it. And then in the South, the slave master told his Negroes to go out there and fight for the South. And these brain-dead bastards like Tim Scott, Larry Elders, and what have you, yeah, we do it as a child. And so then Lincoln himself had stated that if he could have ended the Civil War without the Emancipation Proclamation, he would have went for it. So he did that to weaken the South's free labor strength. But as the brain-dead Negroes like your Tim Scott, Larry Elders, you know, miseducated idiots, okay, um, you know, with their level of self-hatred for themselves, they figured it'd be a carbon copy of the slave master was a way to success, and it was the biggest moving counterproduction going. Not so, to mention that all the inventions that black people had made, whites took credit for. Uh, okay. Thomas Edison was one. Alexander Graham Bell was another one. And I would debate and uh, go back and forth with any ass scratching Yasa boss that you have. Right how did they how did they invent electricity? How did they invent electricity while they were enslaved? Okay, and keep in mind, okay, is that I've not used not one cuss word. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that's pretty good actually. Yeah, well, yeah, because then I'd have to mute you because uh, I can't take that. You know, they'll be kicking me off Blog Talk Radio. You don't want that. To okay, you. well, Joe, you and I got the same admonishment by Blog Talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is why, and I don't know if you do it or not, but this is why we place the rating up there. Like this is for our audience. You know, for those over the age of 18 years of age and over. Then if you decide that this is uncensored, man, you're going to be thrown to the bottom. of of the list, man, of getting your show up right there. You know it, yeah, and yeah. I yep, know it. Right. Okay, okay, which is fine, okay? Now, okay, now, this BS, okay, Joe, of Yasa Boss and Ass Scratch, and we shall overcome, Dr. King had stated before his demise, Joe, and we had to uh, educate you on this, is that Dr. King made a huge mistake uh, with the integration that led our people, me and my people, black folks, African descent, into the burning house of integration, where well, we should have been building up our own neighborhoods like the Black Wall Street, like the Rosewood, okay, just like, uh, and I think there was even a small city in California. And all of these cities, Joe, were tortured and bombed by you white Americans. And you can tortured and bombed. This. You know, Tulsa, I mean, Oklahoma, Rosewood. Again, 
again, okay, again, I just don't understand Hold it. And then look what happened with Emmett Till down there in Mississippi. And then they put a memorial up to where he was murdered. And the white supremacists go out there and shoot up the headstone. The same thing they do to Fred Hampton there in, in Chicagoland area. They go shoot up his headstone. And then you had that practicing homosexual that scared the shit out of everybody with his counterintelligence program by the name of John Edgar Hoover. See, now, you talk all this stuff about America restoring up a republic, Joe, but how come you don't bring up those horrible facts and the atrocities that were committed against black people, even in your state of North Carolina, just like how they well, were public hangings of black men and they would come out there why and Why would have I want to picnic? talk about stuff that we already know? Why would I want to talk about things that we already know? Because I want to talk about things that we don't know about and things that we can do to fix and restore our republic. Bringing up 100 years ago is not going to fix anything. Okay, but Joe, okay, how can, quote, unquote, restore the public, you know, please support your platform and premise of what you're saying. And bow also to and to your listeners, uh, this is Shabaka St. Corey. Uh, feel free, you know, to go to our like page on Facebook. Leave all your hate mail right there. Uh, when we come back on air next Tuesday, the chat room will be open. Please leave all insults and hatred right there. We'll be more than happy to read them on air. I didn't see any. I didn't see any, actually, in your chat room that were hatred or insults. So... We've had it over the, the the course of the time, George, you know, and then Sarge has a troll on him, and Sarge gets around, you know, so when, when that's why we're putting it out there. Yeah, I don't know what Sarge is. Yeah, he's yeah, missing yeah, in action, and we're charging Sarge in a joking manner with dereliction of duty and abandoning his <laughs> post. Okay. Now, Sarge is well-read. I disagree with Sarge a lot, but I let Sarge go on just like when we was talking when I was on the highway of uh, driving out of a Gavin Cousin Newsom state. You know what I mean? And and hopefully, you know, uh, if I, if I would have been pulled over, whatever, it would have been recorded on air, and if I would have came up missing, you know what I'm saying, they would have said, hey, here's Shabaka lies out right here in the Great Basin of called the Mojave. So, so you were thinking you were going to get pulled over, and we were going to capture that live on the radio. That would have been something, huh? Oh, yeah, well, it's happened before. It's happened before, you know, and I'm not going to say what state that I was in. I was minding my own business. I was on the air, and here comes the race soldiers. You know, they showed their badges, stated their probable cause, you know what I'm saying, and said, oh, well, identify yourself. So I gave them my internal passports, driver's license, registration to the vehicle. They ran it no once or once and told me, have a nice night. You know what I mean? Wow. Wow. Well, I tell you, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you with the corruption of this country. I mean, I agree with you with a lot of the corrupt things okay, America has done, but at the same time, you have, you know, if we believe in the Constitution and obey the Constitution, we would not be in the situation we're in today. Okay, but Joe, 
Okay, but Joe, that's just it, though, okay? When you had the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, okay, as I asked Pianchi, and he's yet to give me an answer, ask yourself, you're yet to give me an answer. I've asked other uh, blog talk radio shows, and you didn't give me an answer. And when did we, as black people, petition the United States government that we want to be citizens here? I... I, I mean, like you're born. I mean, that's Joe. a good question. I mean, if anyone got an answer for him there on that, he says, "When did blacks petition the government to become citizens here?" I mean, are you speaking on behalf of all the black Americans or just yourself? Uh, no, well, I'm just asking a general question. Okay, I'm just asking a general question. Okay, when did? Okay, well, you're born here. If you're born here, you're considered American uh, by law. You're considered American citizen. Okay, if you, you know, that's not Joe. Joe, Joe, very good tactic, okay? You're trying to slip the right hand coming across as a boxing tactic because you see the left jab. Okay, I <laughs> asked the same question. When did black people in America petition the U.S. government to be citizens? And the answer is no, we never did, okay? And then they look at the fact, well, you know, they did contribute greatly to the gross national product of the United States, which they did. And I'm trying to reach out Dr. DeGruy because I believe she's uh, finishing up her data on that and what have you. I would love to have the good doctor on. And uh, and I'm quite sure that uh, she can come up there, you know, with the facts and what have you. After all, I'm sure she had a staff with her, you know, with her being a doctor. I'm sure she had some undergrad students helping her in the research and yeah, I'm very, Dr. very Dr. interested Quick, let me cut to you see off that. Here. Cut you off here real quick. Your take on the end, I mean, obviously I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I believe in God and I believe that, you know, what's happening in the Middle East is obviously obviously prophecy that's being foretold and is being fulfilled. How can you deny it or deny that that's not what's happening? Okay, well, now you're going on to the Middle East, and with that there being a very, very sensitive subject, Joe, I have no comment on it. We are on top of it on our platform. We are looking at it. Uh, you know what I mean? And uh, and it has been prophesied, great famines, okay, uh, wait a minute, four horsemen of the apocalypse, war, famine, disease, and the climate change. You know what I mean? If I if I got that there correct, okay, and I have okay. to get there with some of those, you know, who are scholarly, uh, you know, and and biblical research and what have you. But the fact of the matter is, is that the black man needs to separate. He needs to build for himself and establish himself, is because as sure as shit stinks, he will be the first one thrown to the wolves. And a classic example of this is this brain dead. Ass scratching, Negro. All right, I, 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 got back. I got another caller here. I got seven oh four wants to join us here. I got we've been listening okay. to you. So sure. Bring him in. Bring mm-hmm. him in. Seven oh four. Hey, what's up, fellas? The answer to your question. How you doing? When did black people that uh, become wanted to become citizens? It would be right around the Civil War time. That's when there was all kinds of options that they offered, and they wanted to be citizens then. Uh, if you give me a week, I'll get all the facts together for you. But I have okay. no, no. reading about all that when I was in college. No, oh, it's an extensive job. I know that is because I've been researching on it myself as well, too. Okay, and what it is, they, is, tried, is to, a ma- they tried to ship the slaves out on boats 
rights, and they would they denied. They were like, no, we are citizens. We we are citizens. Of okay, citizens. well, see, that's because they the slave only knew what the master taught him, man. You see what but I'm saying? Do you know choice. what would happen to slaves if they was found reading books? Do you know what would happen to them if they were found that's reading we, books? That's not what you asked. You asked the question, and I, I gave you an answer. I, and I give me a week, and I'll have all the facts together for you, so I'm, you'll know and where I take got my down, Okay, and please take down this number. Joe knows my number. Tisha Baca's Black Experience Enhance. It's five one six four one eight uh five nine nine six okay and we generally come in on wednesday night you know 9 p.m in eastern time zone on, and I'll on, be on, get, on block talk radio uh yes sir that is correct you know what i mean okay all right. And you, could, you and you could Google and you could Google Google some of our past episodes uh, to give you an idea, you know, of what our platform is. And then keep in mind, okay. it gets off the hook now. It gets off the hook. And Joe has been in there. Joe has been in there, you know, in the trenches with us on there. You know what I'm saying? And and we have you, but, uh, scholars. Chewbacca, you said it was a touchy subject, the Middle East, but. Uh, I, I I didn't know what you mean by that. Is like, what you mean by touchy? Is that you not you're not full versed on what's happening over there, or just something okay. that you don't oh, want to comment yes, on? Oh yes, I am, and I am, uh, and I'm researching it uh, right now. And then Ilhan Omar, the representative uh, from uh, Minnesota, had made some comments on it about it that were controversial that I've been searching the, the net on. And then also to uh, Rashida Tlaib, I believe, who's the congresswoman out of. Uh, of, uh, out of another state, I don't know if it's uh, Minnesota or uh, Pennsylvania. Okay, she has uh, made some state uh, some statements on it, so I have to go over it. Man, is very very touchy. Biden is talking about man, he's sending X amount of billions of dollars over there, but look at all the homeless people that you have out here in the streets of the United States that he's not addressing, and then your vice president. Kamala Harris, well, uh, you know, uh, what can be said? Well, I mean, I, I, I could reason with that. You know, the, the, you know, we have homeless people here in America. We shouldn't be, you know, getting involved in other countries' affairs, especially uh, Ukraine. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the Middle East goes, we have to support the land of Israel. I mean, we, we have a treaty with them. And, uh, I mean, there's no reason why a, a country is okay, attacked. Joe, like now I have to ask Okay, hold on now. I got to ask this question. What about the Palestinians' human rights? You see, and this is an issue that I've uh, preferred not to discuss, but I see I treaded off into the water of it. But what about the Palestinians' rights? Well, wh- well why don't the Palestinians okay, then, kick? I mean, hang on. Why don't the Palestinians kick Hamas out of their out of their uh, the Gaza? Then why do they allow a militant armed group like that that says kill Westerners, kill America, kill Jews? Why do they allow it? Okay, but Joe, you had the United States military do the same thing, man. Okay, look what they did uh, with Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Okay, look what they did with Hiroshima and Nagasaki, man. They dropped atomic bombs on those people. Well, it was a world war, Chewbacca. World War Two. Okay. What, what were we supposed Joe, to do? Joe, 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 you know where I'm based out of, out of Oakland, California, man. And I look at Frisco Bay. I see Treasure Island over there. I see Alcatraz over there. And that's probably where they need to put the dump, as in human shit. And I want to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> to place them there in Alcatraz. And he could have well, all the Secret Service protection. 
You know he's going to be elected again. You know, you know that. that. You know he's going to be elected. Bit dollars to donate. Is it that, that they will? That's a safe bet. You know, it's rigged anyway. You know what I'm saying? The black community, man, is full of too much uh, infestation and brain-dead Negroes like Tim Scott and what have you and Warlock and Herschel Walker so and what, all of what, that. So let me ask you this then. What is your final resolution at the end of the day? What can you do? What are you going to do? What, where you, and be happy uh, uh, or be separation. sad? Or, you know? Uh, no, separation is because integration didn't work, okay? you got to have separation. Us flexing our economical powers because black spending power and black people buying goods and services in the United States does contribute greatly to the gross national product of it, Joe. You know what I'm saying? But that, I mean, idea, all... that idea is shrinking, though. That idea of separatism is shrinking in America. It's not growing. Well, that's your opinion, Joe. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. And keep in mind is that they shadow ban guys like me and Brother Check. You see what I'm saying? You, they prop up. But me, they shadow ban, and we know this. <laughs> You see, I don't think they're propping up. Oh no 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 well, no no! Well, I don't know what I don't know what you on with the uh, blog talk, man. You're probably at platinum at the highest one. You know what I mean? But what it is, <laughs> no, so, actually I'm not. Oh oh, oh yeah, well, which plan are you on? I'm on the silver plan, the uh, the old old plan, the middle one. So where you know? Where oh, is that right? Yeah, that's very. Yeah, that's very, very interesting, Joe, because we're currently on the gold plan, man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we're looking into some legalese. Maybe we might have sue blog talk, uh, you know, for giving us uh, equal protection. You know, not equal protection, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I'm talking about giving us equal access. And like I said, we welcome all our hate mail and all our haters who call in. Hey, we're addressing what have you. As you know, Joe, we might kick them out. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, oh, I know. Come on, well, well I got, yeah, I've, yeah. I've got to do, I've got to do the closing here. So, closing thoughts. Uh, anybody who wants to pop, yeah. hang on. Anybody who wants to press one, uh, give some closing thoughts, to, and especially who wants to comment on Dr. Peter Paul Ventura's uh, 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 book of Daniel earlier. He started kicked off the first hour there. He uh, talked about the book of Daniel. And then don't forget the uh, Conservative Nation Radio at nine o'clock. I'm going to be heading over there. And Shabaka, go ahead. I'm going to give you some last words. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yes, sir, and please, uh, uh, we thank you for allowing us on your platform. Definitely check out Shabaka's Black Experience in Hand. We do Grand Rising with Shabaka at 11 a.m. every Friday in the East, okay, which is uh, 8 a.m. in the Pacific. We do Shabaka's Black Experience in Hand every Tuesday night, 6 p.m. in the Pacific, 9 p.m. in the East. The number to call in is 516 418 Five nine nine six, and then if you are a cell phone customer, be sure to add the phone number to your plan, so they would not charge you for calling in. You see what I mean? And uh, and I cannot say don't get off off the hook over there. And sometimes, depending on what the subject matter is, you, you might be calling in at your own risk. You know what I'm saying? It's because we do have a production staff over there. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm not the sole authority of it. You know, I cannot arbitrarily make decisions. We have a production staff, you say, you know. And uh, what we do is we're about to uplift men about the quality of the life of uh, of African peoples throughout the whole diaspora. Yes, say also, too, we are dedicated to bringing the whole African diaspora to uh, one force to deal with. It's because... Uh, these black politicians well, in the United States was the biggest failure, even with the 
44th president. Well, all right. Well, that's your okay. Well, that's very interesting uh, uh, summation there. Now, remember now, when I'm on your platform, don't mute me like you like I didn't mute you at all. So, <laughs> no, you didn't. And then, Joe, you're always welcome to comment in the chat room as you do. You know what I'm saying? Although I disagree with a lot of what you say off of research that I've done and what have you. Do you see what I mean? But yeah, it know. is what it is, know. you know. So like I said, you know, people are welcome to, to call into Shabaka's Black Experience. Our chat room is open and all the hate mail right there. We prefer to have it there. We will read it. But, you know, you could disagree with us, you know. It's because OTBs who call in, 90% of them disagree with us, particularly on the reparations uh, issue. You well, know, I, think, I, I think 90% of the American people disagree on the reparations. I think the reparations okay, are well, Joe, Joe, you know? Joe, what it is is, is that it's black people versus everybody. You see what I'm saying? Without well, hang on. I got 704 labor. back in here. I, I don't know if 203 was trying to get in or not. I don't know. But I don't see anything okay, next to your uh, number from 203. But hang on, 704 okay, is back in here. Go ahead. Hey, uh, 704, so go ahead. Found, this is what I found. The State Convention of Colored People of South Carolina was held in Charleston in 1865. This is when it issued a 50-foot-long <clears throat> petition signed by hundreds and hundreds of, pe- of black colored people uh, protesting that they wanted their civil rights as Americans an equal right. <laughs> That's why we created the hashtag of the resurrection of the mental dead. And people are mentally dead to go for that. Well, so that's false information. No, I will go so far as to say that you are, uh, I'll meet you halfway. But I was just saying it's due to the brutalization and the indoctrination, you know, from sadistic uh, European slave traders in the Americas. You see, the slave only knew what master taught him. Right. See, but I because my people, people my people had slaved in Alabama. You know what I'm saying? I understand. You know, I understand that's yeah. where you're coming from. But that, I, I was just going off what you asked, you know, the question yeah, you sure. asked about. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm, sure. Oh, that's all. And like yeah. you said, it's okay. because, you know, I just remember had read something about it, and I just wanted to, to, to I, you probably already knew about it, but I just wanted to, you know, let you, you hear it, you know. Okay, now let me ask you this question here, sir. Have you ever been pulled over by the police department with no probable cause and had a 9 millimeter man put to the back yes, of your sir, head with the, with the trigger cop? Um, I've been locked up several times in my life. I've been beat bombed. Uh, yes, okay. I have. Okay. Yes, I have. All right. Okay. Now, now you understand why the Black Panthers came into existence. I've, point I've always seven. understood. Yeah, I'm 50 mm-hmm. years old. I come from a generation where mm-hmm. uh, there was respect when I was growing up. If you said something out of the way to a, a different race, you knew what was coming. Uh, mm-hmm. Words weren't loosely used back then. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've seen a lot of things growing up that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, Okay, now let me ask you a question. Okay, let me ask you a question. What do you you think about the situation that happened down there in Montgomery, Alabama recently with the riverboat situation? Well, evidently old boy did something out of the way to get his butt whooped, didn't he? 
<laughs> no, you, no, I'm talking about the Kens and the Karens who uh, tried to jump on one oh, black man, and he threw the hat up in the air, and the whole black community came together under the concept of an implosion and returned some work. You see, it's because the captain even said, well, you guys can't park right here, so, you know, these individuals is full of that Jack Daniels, you know, I.W. Harper, Tennessee Sour Mash and stuff like that. And there's old classic saying where they got drunk enough to fight. Okay, and then they went out there, had a melee on it out there, and then you had this ass-scratching black police chief of uh, the Montgomery Police Department. Well, we got to book everybody. We got to book the, the man who defended himself. And one thing I am impressed is that Stephanie Mills, had stated that she would do a benefit concert down there, you know, to raise up the legal defense money and, and what have you. Now, those drunks that started that, that got smashed, okay, they brought that on themselves. And I definitely appreciate the chairman of Montgomery. And as you know, a folding chair is a multi-purpose device. You can sit down it and use it to rest your ass when you're tired, or you can fold it up and use it to whoop some ass to preserve yourself. Anything that lives has the right to preserve itself. Wouldn't you agree? I would. I would. 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, therefore, when they had a, a man by the name of Huey Percy Newton that started the organization, I don't have to say its name. It's his 57th anniversary, by the way. Okay, they labeled him a terrorist. But the man, you know, was a law student. And he was quoting the U.S. Constitution and Laws about it. Check out their 10-point program or the original 10-point program or what have you. But Ronald Reagan, who hated black people, who was your 40th president when he was the governor of that. They killed Martin Luther King because he had a million people with him. That was the threat. Okay, no, they killed killed Martin Luther King when he had made the statement, you know what, folks? I led my people into a burning house with integration. That's when they wanted to hit out on. The Nipsey Man March? You know, I'm that's, sorry. That's a, that's you don't it didn't have not, you don't think they had anything to do with his death about the Million Man March. I mean that's okay. A, that's the Million a, Man. Okay, the Million Man March a, happened in 1996. Okay, Dr. King was assassinated in 1968. So he he, he had nothing to do with the Million Man March. No, well, I can't see it is because the Million Man March happened 26 years. Wait a minute, strike that. It was 68. Okay, 96. Minus 68, I believe that there's roughly about 20, 25 years, okay? 88 years, wait a minute. Yeah, about 26 years after Dr. King's assassination. 28 years. That's when I was just asking. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then, by the way, too, keep in mind, is that there was not one civil incident of civil disobedience at that event, by the way. I want to put that out there is because, uh, you know, that there was a noted fact. So you had one million black people get together and did not have not one fight out there. Not, and I'm sure there were disagreements, but there were disagreements agreeably. See, bombs like Terrell, That's a beautiful Larry thing. Elders. That's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, it was. Thomas Sewell. You see, these are miseducated fools. You see what I mean? And it's a sad case that when you got an education like that and that you are set up here to a doctrine that simply hates you because of what you are and where you come from, you see what I'm saying? And you sit up there and support that garbage, you know, like Pianchi does. You see, I feel sorry for guys like that. But one thing is for damn sure, you are not going to put that garbage on me. 
Can I ask you for a I got 10 seconds left, guys. 10 seconds. I'm going to head over to Conservative Nation Radio. Okay, all right. I'm doing with my comments. If anybody. like that one there, Chewbacca. Conservative Nation Radio. You'll like that one. Okay. Uh, Okay, well, Joe, uh, put it up there on the. On the, let me see, where can you put it? Okay. Nowhere. Okay. Where you cut it off. Conservatives, let's do a search. Conservative. Conservative okay. Nation. Okay. Right. Okay. They'll be up live. Okay. They'll be up live. All right. Okay. All right, guys. Take care. Okay. Take care, guys. All right. You too, Joe. All right.